Greetings, salute and welcome, lady beings, gentle wonders and other creatures of the night. This is the Truth or Death podcast created by Lola Hamilton and Ebo, your hosts to diversify your life. It's time for insights on the creative arts scene, hacks and tools for healthier living and hearing stories from voices around the world to share their truth stories. Are you ready to dare your truth? A new episode of the Truth or Death podcast starts now. Hello, Kinners. It is me again, Saji. Welcome to a new episode of the GTN Saji podcast. Today I have with me Mary Mills, uh, going by she, her pronouns, and who is a writer and a professional daydreamer. She also happens to be a Gigi, just like Gigi. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? Good. Um, got up early to do this, but um, it's a good thing to look forward to in the morning i'm over here in california so de definitely a time difference <laughs> nice nice okay so let's talk writing and why we love it um what projects are you working on and so on well currently it's been a lot of fan fiction uh lots of six of crows um i just recently posted some uh whisper a recently a Wesper one shot um for because because it's getting cold and I felt like everyone needed something warm and cozy to read um so that was me and also that my one shot is sponsored by my fuzzy blanket because that it really features a lot of fuzzy blankets um and then I do have an original project um it's been simmering for a while because I wrote the first chapter and I have not written anything since but that's okay I still think about it um so it's called um well it's supposed to be two books um the first one is called worn red patches and I tend to describe it as um x-men meets six of crows uh meets Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Um, it basically centers around three members of this street gang and an orphan who get caught in this warehouse, um, like, like a warehouse blows up and they get caught in the middle of it. Um, and all of a sudden, everyone who was involved in that accident ends up developing magical powers and they're all different for each person and it's not only it's that but it's also found family and figuring out who you are in society but also um how the lower how the lower class is treated um by the middle and the upper class um and that and trying to figure out who you are to other people mainly Oh, that sounds wild. <laughs> Very nice. It is. <laughs> yeah, I've read a couple of, like, you showed me some stuff um, from the story, and I really enjoy what you have brought up together so far. And I just, I just love seeing what people come up with, especially when it's inspired by stuff that I already like. So, um, yeah, keep working on it. <laughs> 
I will try. Col college is hard. So, but if I do find the time, I will keep working on it. Yes. It's, it's still there in the back of my mind. Yes, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. So, Ace Ace Baby, the stage is yours. Tell us more about you being on the Ace Spectrum. Um, well, my so I have a very, very complicated and convoluted label. Um, my full um, identity is demi biromantic asexual. Um, so I'm both on the A spectrum and the Aero spectrum a little bit. Um, but usually I just tell people I'm asexual or queer if I don't want to explain it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also uh, sex repulsed. So that's another can of worms that uh is a little difficult to navigate uh today's society and how everyone interacts and stuff but um yeah i mean your description was not that hard. if you know you know but uh yeah i guess for those people who don't know what the wonderful world of the a spectrum is i guess that's probably a little bit complicated at first <laughs> So asexuality bullshitting, what's something you are sick and tired of hearing regarding ace peeps or the representation? I'm just tired of hearing nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it seems like everywhere I look, we're not being talked about. Um, I feel like I have to do everything myself. Um, but uh, yeah, and like just in, in the spaces that I do hear about it mainly i'm just tired of like only some some kinds of asexual people being talked about and not others um so i would really like the entire spectrum to be discussed in those circles and just ace people in general in everyday society like i feel like i'm, I'm just tired of being invisible and people not knowing who i am so yeah yeah i absolutely feel that uh, and we are also here with the revolution series to make it a little bit easy on people to go into that and maybe Gigi wants to say something about it yeah damn right <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically what you just said is so true it's just it's not enough talked about like obviously we have some progress in the lgbtq community and just in general um when you are in the community, there are people pointing out the A spectrum. But when we look at media and like um, the media presentation, it's just not there. It's just not there. Or like there is not even a one percent of representation. Mm -hmm. And um, the big problem here is definitely the romance trope that Hollywood gave us. It's this thing of like um, romance sales, sex sales, and that kind of stuff. And that's it gets like listen i as a writer like we also have our ships and our couples and we we love that kind of stuff but like especially on the love spectrum there's so much more to explore and just especially with asexuality you could play that out in so many directions because as you just mentioned like there is a variety of labels like for example i also fall on the demisexual label which stands for basically people needing a certain like character attraction or like getting to know someone before something else happens and that's um something where I sometimes feel like media is just missing out a lot of like plot lines here because everything is so fast of like oh this couple directly needs to get together or like there's zero 
like we're coming still from this trope of like toxic relationships and this triangle system that we have thanks to hunger games and franchises like that who i also really love um and are great and are kind of like the basis that we have to nowadays like fantasy and sci-fi and stuff but especially with asexuality it's just so rare that once you have that moment it's almost like oh my god did they just mention the a word like is it happening oh my god what's happening here and um it's just this thing of like there's so much more like it, it comes often with this trope of like you know um asexuality is something that people don't choose and I think that's just so stupid because like yeah sometimes you have cases where it's like maybe that was just a phase as it is with everything like with gender and sexuality but a lot of ace people they are very very certain about things and you need to understand Karen that not everything is about <laughs> sex <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that was that was constantly a problem because I'm a big reader as well and that was constantly a problem I was coming up with in my in the books that I read like, like, for example, I read The Godfather and because I was really into like organized crime and the mafia and whatnot. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to skip like, can, can we get back to the mafia again? I don't need to hear about this affair happening at the wedding. Like, can we just get to the guns and the money and the backstabbing? Like, it's, it's a little bit annoying sometimes that I have to skip through that to get to the interesting parts. Yeah, I can absolutely agree with both of you. That's also not something in media. It's just in general media, like advertising and TV and TV shows. Whatever you look at, it's always this uh, stress on these sex cells, basically. Yeah. So I'm also tired of seeing things that are just uh, there every time. But uh, let's go to diversity and LGBTQ rep and media in general. What's something you love and would like to see more? Um, definitely more people who aren't just one thing. Like usually in media, it's just like, oh, this character is gay, but it's also a white man, a cis white man. Um, I really want to see like very like unique characters like they have they have a lot of things going on um and that's that's one thing i really like to see but also more of it just being a part of the character like it's not a big deal it's just who they are um that's really something i would like to see like sure they may be bi but that doesn't really matter too much to the plot of the story they just are that um yeah yeah 100 with you on that one um i think what i would like to see is also that more queer people are getting casted in media in general like if it's a queer character then make it a queer actor or like at least make sure that you get more queer people on set so that we actually know that there are people on set that actually care about the lgbtq because uh, <clears throat> certain franchises like <clears throat> a very big company that does superhero movies um, had someone on set for a certain character's bisexuality, but not really made that play well in the in the series. But um, if you're following this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, 
yeah it's it's situations like that because like it gets frustrating at some point when like heteronormative people and that is if that is a big thing for example and i love some of these actors like eddie redmayne who played danish girl or um taron edgerton as um elton john in rocket man i love these actors and they are doing a great job but they are also very white and straight so um it's just the thing of like there are queer actors out there or like at least queer representing people so make sure they are part of the process and then the other thing is also just explore love on a spectrum just in general like I mean um I always bring this example and I will possibly for until the end of my lifetime um in the hundred the series spoilers if you haven't seen it yet do you still want to see it or like are you interested in the hundred I've heard of it never really Okay, so uh, basically, yeah, yeah, we have Clark, and she's bisexual, and she starts off with a with a relationship with a guy, and then she has a female partner, and this female partner gets cut off the series, and then from then on, it's literally just women. And what I was really missing on that point is was just exploring her bisexuality. I mean, obviously, yes, it's a science fiction dystopian kind of series. There are also more or other conflicts that also matter but especially i think especially in situations like that when we are facing the extreme it would be even more interesting to see something like oh the world is basically not as it used to be anymore so who am i who am i as a person what does that mean for my sexuality and stuff like that because that's just everyday conflict that we have and especially with just on the spectrum in general like there's so much more to that just like just being bisexual or just being pansexual or just like that so i hope that certain media or like we at least try with revolution series with the books and then in the future obviously series series <laughs> we're just trying to um bring that across with certain characters and just in general to see that we have a bit more of an umbrella and then also people just get inspired from it because i think especially when it comes to like um the LGBTQ spectrum there's so much more that we can explore and like it if for example even make it a character that isn't even into labels but still tries to figure out who they are that that's something that you could do and then yeah obviously with the asexuality spectrum we are just basically non-existent in media and I think that's something that is so crucial especially uh, like let alone for example gray romantic or gray sexual and then demisexual that uh, that alone would be a good plot story plot of like not everything is always about romance but also just figuring yourself out and then at the same time I think it's also this thing because a lot of people still think that asexuality is just somewhat not normal and it is in fact normal because like we just have different standards as of today and um we just had another episode where we basically discussed like open relationships and stuff and um this is literally the point like asexuality is also a part of a choice where it's just like that's just not like it's part of my story and that's who i am and like it's totally valid to be that person that wherever you are on the spectrum of like aromantic or or asexual um it's absolutely okay to, to be that person and like because uh, especially um i mean if we just consider today's standards we um asexuality is like not the baddest thing if you think about sustainability to be honest <laughs> yeah definitely 
So I think uh, people out there who don't know what asexuality and the spectrum is should definitely take a look at Google because there are many, many uh, communities out there that give you a lot of information what it is because I think the problem we have the most is that people are uneducated about LGBTQ matters and yeah, just educate yourself, just read about it, ask people who are LGBTQ and so on. Yeah, I think um, that was a short, interesting uh, cut into asexuality. Is there something you would like to add to this topic? Um, well, I do want to point out that in the project, four main characters, and then my two, the two, two of the, so there's two sort of adult characters they're like in their 20s and then there's a 16 year old and then like a 10 year old so my two adult characters they're both asexual and i mean it's i i'm not going to use the word uh you know if you when you read it you, you'll know who, what they are and it's really about them kind of well they're good they're good friends already um but it's also them kind of connecting over the shared um identity that they have and um and eventually they i mean they do get together romantically but there's already that backstory and they know that they can rely on each other and that they won't that they won't across each other's boundaries um and i thought that was something really important that i felt that i should include in my my story because like that's something i want um so it's really more of a like a hopeful kind of uh projection for like the future like this is normal it's normal to have people just be together as people and because they're a comfort to each other. Um, and that's really something that I wanted to have in my story. And meanwhile, they're leading a gang and fighting people and stabbing people. So, <laughs> and dealing with magical powers. Yes, we, we can't wait to like completely see the result of that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just in general, like if you're part of the ACE community and you're listening to this podcast, you're always welcome to just drop us a message, email us. And, you know, you're not alone. Uh, I know it's sometimes hard, especially on the ACE or ERA spectrum. It's just still so underrated. And sometimes even in the LGBTQ community, people are against you. Uh, we know that. Um, but to you, uh, for us, you're obviously 100% valid and you're not alone with us. So if you ever feel like reaching out to someone, you can do this whether it's via the Rev Series account, email, just the direct podcast contacts and stuff. Uh, we're here for you guys. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Don't be afraid to all, whenever, contact us if you like. So you know, guys, what this means, we as creators have to be on the run to show people that these kind of things exist. And I think we are on a good way. The new generation of creatives kicking out the old white men from media. <laughs> Super. Okay, so we're just going to make a topic jump um, right now. We are going on to Shadow and Bone series. Um, yeah, shoot ahead. 
what's on your mind what do you think about it what can we expect from season two <laughs> um well i think just from so from season one i really liked it i really liked how well produced it was um i think the slight changes that they made were good in that they work in the tv show because it's not going to be an exact um it's not going to be an exact copy of the books um nothing ever is every um because there's different people involved with it and there's different creative uh talking points and whatnot i did there are problems with it it's not perfect but um i myself as someone who read the first book and then the six of crows books um i was very happy with the result and i really i'm really looking forward to season two um especially wylan um where is my son i want to see him <laughs> poor jesper is lonely well not exactly as we saw in season one <laughs> um but um yeah I definitely want to see him. Um, I also think definitely with the choice of making Alina half half shoe, I definitely want to see the the her interactions with definitely with Tamar and Tolia, how um that's going to be a lot more significant for them because they they share something with their son summoner. And I think that would that's going to be such a great thing that hopefully the um writers touch on yeah um i'm i'm on the same level when it comes to that um i've read up till like i, I i've grasped on rule of wolves so i'm nearly up to date um i'm i'm glad they made certain changes because like obviously when you know shadow and bone comes from the 2010 tropes and when i say tropes that was literally the area of toxic relationships and the book market and Mal, Duckling and Alina are a good triangle situation of like the exact problem that we're still trying to break free from and I think this is what makes the series so beautiful and Lee as a writer as well like she really took the kind of like zeitgeist from its from the current situation like what we want to see like more diversity more changes less um toxic relationships like that Alina really has a stand at the end of the season of like no I'm making my own choices and I think what makes her and Mel so great is just this thing of like they are actually not focusing in that per sense per se on the romance which I really liked um it was so good to finally kind of or like not finally like there are franchises out there but it's so good to have this moment of like wow this is actually about like the whole world situation not just oh this lover left me so now I'm with this lover kind of situation and I thought I thought it was really interesting that they already introduced the crows I think it made much more sense and also the scenery just much more interesting um which is because the thing is like when I started reading the series I always liked the atmosphere that world created like I love that it had a different touch to other fantasy series that I've read but like I think if it would have just been Alina's storyline first of all I think I wouldn't have completely grasped on it compared to the crows because that's just simply how her writing works as well like when you read the first series 
as it is with every author, like I'm 100% sure you're going to have the same feeling when you read my first book and then you come to the later books. Um, it's the same kind of thing. Like obviously authors explore the writing style and um, which is also why uh, I think the first series just worked really well and um, came good together and just made certain choices where, where it's different. And I think that's also good because like, I'm personally someone that always likes when we have changes compared to books because um, it's just this thing of like, oh, this is literally like one-on-one -on -one book content and then they made this change to make this work. And I think that's brilliant and really good. And to be honest, I was surprised that they introduced so many more queer characters than I've expected. Like with Ivan and Fedor, for example, I didn't see that coming. Um, and then we also had... Uh, the, the sideline from one of uh, Alina's friends and stuff like that. And then obviously Poppy, which is one of my absolute highlights with the scene with Cass. I free I could binge watch that scene over and over again. I love it so much. Um, if you guys don't know uh, uh, Mika, the actor, he's also, he, I hope it's the right pronouns, Mika, if you listen to this at some point, um, is genderqueer. And I think that's exactly my point that I mentioned earlier. There are queer actors out there so um we can actually uh have there is a possibility to make that kind of stuff as for season two i know everyone is burning to see nikolai and wylan um to be honest <laughs> this is gonna get a wild um wild storm for me so i'm not a fan of nikolai <laughs> um I like Stormhunt. That's the thing. I like Stormhunt, but Nikolai not so much. Um, his humor is great, but as you know me, or if you know my type of books, I'm just not into royalty stuff in like everything, which is ironic because I write exactly <laughs> about royal stuff, but um, I don't want to give too much away from my series because that's exactly my point about a certain storyline in my series. Um, it's just not my not my kind of trope that I'm following up on. Um, I, I'm very curious to see who's got who's going to play both of them. Um, I think they've done a great job on the casting so far. Um, I'm very pleased that we have such um, yeah European based uh, cast. Uh, that is just because like everyone is always about like oh Hollywood Hollywood, um, and I think it make that makes it even more great considering that we have. European base for that um, it gives so many more actors just a stage uh, to be seen which I think is great and if you yeah my kind of tv series is usually also around Europe which I like um, and yeah and to be honest I'm more curious to see if we get like uh, Haskell uh, more kind of like mafia side characters from the books um, if like I'm curious to see if if we're following up a similar situation with like the second book and then a bit of the crows again um if it's going to be a similar situation and then essentially we come to the to the heist which i believe everyone's super excited to see at some point just to have that heist on like i love heist stories so much so i'm just so excited to see that come to life and um my personal favorite, if it really happens, if they put that in there, is the casting of Jordi as Cass's backstory. That is just something that I look absolutely forward to. Um, yeah, and to be honest, just curious to see if they give us a bit more side characters like Poppy, for example, like that was unexpected, but good unexpected. Um, and then, 
yeah, the twins definitely are also in my favorite kind of like, I'm excited to see plays Tamar and Tolia and um, just, yeah, if we kind of get a bit more of side characters around that. So, um, and then, yeah, obviously, why then? <laughs> <laughs> just excited about the cast. Yes. Do you want to add something? I was just thinking about what to add, but you mostly took all the words right off my mouth, I guess. But mm, as a filmmaker, I, I just like to add that the production is very high quality, probably a lot of money for the costumes. <laughs> but I do love the atmosphere, like Gigi said, because that's one of the things that uh, really got me in Six of Crows, just the whole atmosphere, because I was just feeling it just feeling the scenery and it, you can just see it in the scenes how this eerie uh, feeling of the city is just ah, I just love it I have nothing to add to that you probably know if you have scenes um, if you have seen oh god what, what's the name of the show again Shadow and Bone <laughs> oh me and names uh, if you have seen Shadow and Bone you know exactly what I mean. If you haven't seen it, just give it a go. But I also love that I wanted to mention that what you also said, the introduction into the series, the TV series. I think it was very clever, like you said, how they did it. Because if you want to catch the book readers, you have to be interesting enough so people are... I mean, everyone has their own imagination, but if you put something on screen, which is one-on-one, -on -one, the same script, then it's going to be boring for a lot of people who've read the book. Because the most interesting thing is always the visuals. But if you put something in there which catches the um, viewer, it's always, it's always going to be better. Also for people who have not seen the thing. And I love the way that they incorporated the crows into the other um storylines so i'm also very excited for season two and how it's going to play out yeah oh my god we missed something we what? want milo of course yeah of course <laughs> yeah. Milo, of number course. one um mas mascot is it called yeah. a mascot mascot uh little cheerleader i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah we want milo back period forget everything yeah. else before Milo is <laughs> priority <laughs> yeah so um do you also do you want to add something uh to this topic um well yeah I was like you were saying about um like trying to catch the book readers as well I really liked how they alluded to Kaz's backstory um I think it was in episode two and um like in that same with Pekka Rollins, um, like what, um, like this the dialogue. I remember watching it. Uh, I was watching it with my parents. Um, my parents had no idea what it meant, but me was I was freaking out on the on the side, like, oh, that's a reference. I I know I know that, and I think it's like a little inside, uh, little nudge to the book readers but it also makes the character interesting to those who have not read the book and I thought they did really well with alluding to it but not it's s n subtle but not too subtle 
Yeah, 100%. Do you want to add something? No. Okay. Um, so do you want to give out something to our dear listeners? Uh, a message, a note on something, a thought? Just shoot ahead. Um, I would say it's for everyone to remember. I would say every idea is unique, even, even if it has been done before because um, every person who creates something, it, who creates it is unique. Even if it's been done before, you have your own perspective on it and that will make it different. Yeah, 100%. I can, yeah, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> we love that. Yeah, because like often it's this thing of like, oh, I know this before. And like, I used to have this bias of, or like, I was always afraid of like reading something that had the same feeling as my books and was like, oh my God, what if it's like the same thing? And like, let's be real here. Have we ever, like, if it's like, for example, if someone would come to me and say like, this is like Six of Crows, I wouldn't go, oh, well, I'm not going to read it then. <laughs> the, usually it's the opposite that you go like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. So it gives you a certain vibe. And with everything, obviously we can't invent the real new, but like, as you also said, like there's a certain uniqueness to it because no one is going to have the same characters. No one's going to tell the same stories. Like there will always be familiar, familiar situations or past and stuff, but there's a unique essence to the creation behind it. And I think that makes it, that makes it so great that we, and like, especially when someone goes like, this is like Six of Crows or like, this gives me the same atmosphere. I think that's a great thing. And we should cherish and appreciate that more. Cause like the, the toxic opposite is the thing of like, oh yeah, this is so like this and this um, is usually not a bad thing. It's more the, more the opposite. So um, yeah, definitely. And don't be afraid to just, you know, like, even if like even if you directly go like this inspired me to write this that's a good thing like this is how it should work like that we like that we are open about our inspirations and like where we pull it from and like because if someone would come to me and like yeah because I read your book I did this I would go I love you keep going whatever you yeah. do <laughs> so um yeah we shouldn't be afraid to to point out what inspired us or like just you know grasp on inspiration like obviously not a copycat move because like no one likes that but just be creative absolutely so guys you know what that means celebrate your own art celebrate other people's art and always support each other because we only have each other right <laughs> yep absolutely yeah so thank you for being here do you want to add something to you um no i mean the, just the general uh, do you want to add why gemini's are really great <laughs> um honestly i don't know much about astrology other than i am a gemini um we're fun uh we're unique um different lots of different facets of our personalities that come out so personality yeah Yes, I'm, I'm gonna add to that, that this is actually a good thing, because I know a lot of people are sometimes like, oh my god, Gemini is also two-faced, and I'm like, honey, if you don't have at least two sides, what's up with you then? <laughs> yeah, you're one-dimensional. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, 
Yeah, as a Sagittarius, I agree. Gemini are obviously one of the best signs out there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think that was a very nice talk about two short topics. And uh, thank you for being here. And um, yeah, good luck. And uh... don't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, don't fuck it up, basically. We need we'll you. try not to. We need to rap in the media. So just uh, do your best and uh, give us the representation we all need. <laughs> yes. And we see each other next time on the Gigi and Saji podcast. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>